Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Anthony Alex from the Angry Mailman podcast, and you're listening to another fine show from the From Page to Screen media empire. Hey guys, this is Ace Marrero from the movie Madison County. Hi, this is David L.G. Hughes, writer-director of the film Hall Bowl Suites. I love the pace and the fastness, and I love the fact that you just roll with it. Hi, I'm Eric England, the director of Contracted. Hi, I'm J.K. Amalu, the writer-director of The Asian. Hi, I'm Brando Benetton, director of Nightfire. My name is Nathan Whitehead, and I wrote the music for Beyond Skyline. Hi, this is James Kellen Brussack, the writer, director, and producer. Hi, this is Ben Lloyd Holmes from the film The Expedition. This is Dominic Burns, the director of Allies. Hey, Stewart, page the screen, .com up in my bundle, please. Yeah, that is my motorcycle running and tracking over my fucking sneakers, genius, with Dom, Dean Peter, and Chris. I'm Neil Johnson, I directed Rogue Warrior and The Time War, and I crucified Adolf Hitler. From, from, from Age to Screen. Good evening. Hello. Hello. Look at the face in video, look at that beard. Oh, it's gone. I've seen it. <laughs> and I've, now it's gone. I've seen it now, it's too late, that beard is immortalised. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for some reason when I was answering the call, the only thing I could do was either decline it or answer it as a video call. Ah. For some reason. Oh, well, there you go. Because I... I just used my phone now, so um, I don't know why I did that. But, yep, the beard is very bushy. It is. When are you joining the Sons of Anarchy, then? Um, the beard needs to be a little bit longer than that. <laughs> so when I can plait it, um, yeah. that's maybe the, the time when I can join them. But, yeah, it's, it's just going to forever be growing now. I'm leaving it as is. Just really? turn it back every now and again. But, yeah, it's a nightmare to keep, um, keep upkeep on it, though. It's just a nightmare. The beard may end up with its own podcast at some point then. Yeah, it'll probably make more <laughs> sense than I do most of the time. Uh, I'm so glad you messaged me earlier saying what time, because I I'd totally forgotten it was Tuesday. I'd remembered that you and I were chatting on Tuesday. I just didn't remember that today was, in fact, Tuesday. So yep. uh, when the message came up, I'm like, oh, that's tonight. Thank God. So good. <laughs> Thank you for that. Uh, I did Rob's first one the other night. So I'm going to read you through his 10 nearly said top 10 but his 10 ones his were kind of predictable which isn't always a bad thing your 10 i you know other than like the top 10 i can guess what your top film of all time is but other than that i'm very curious to hear what your other ones are going to be over the next few months so well i'll let you read out rob's first and then i'll give you a slight understanding of what i expect over the next few months right well, Rob went with, there's a lot of 80s and stuff in there. He went with Home Alone, Halloween 1978, Good Morning Vietnam, Grease 2, which I give him a little bit of flack for, uh, Ewoks, The Caravan of Courage, Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home, Big Trouble in Little China, Big Weird Science, and the first Beverly Hills Cop. Starting off quite strong. It's not uh, a bad list. I mean, I, I'd seen every single one of those, and I own five of them on physical media because he and I had a chat about like physical media and stuff. So, yeah, 
And I think he's probably the only person in existence who will put Ewoks in the top 100 list of films, yeah. uh, favorite films of all time. Because that, in a way, Ewoks perfectly sums up these lists. They're not, not the best films of all time. They're our favorite films, yeah. our 100 favorite films of all time. So Ewoks perfectly sums that up because nobody will put that on the best films list of all time. No spoilers, but I don't think it's in your list and I'm, I'm certain it's not in mine. So, um, yeah. But like you said, it's the films that we love. So it's, this isn't yeah. like, it's not going to be filled with Godfathers and Citizen Kane's and all that sort of stuff. Although one of those two films is in my list, but you know. And neither of those films are actually in my list, spoiler alert. No. But yeah, because when, when I do go over some of these ones over the next months, some of them you might be surprised that they're actually in my list. Um, as a matter of fact, I, I will mention one in this 10 that you'll be surprised is in my list because, again, it is my favourite films, not the yeah. best film. The way I deci- I've decided to do it is um, I've got them all written down. I already know which 10 I'm going to talk about next month. Um, I'm doing that in order. I've already got my final 10 so my final 10 films so over the next obviously months you've got to be thinking he hasn't mentioned that film <laughs> or if that's on these 10 uh, or whatever and when i get to the 10 i'll be honest you won't be surprised by most of them okay so um but yeah i'm gonna do it like every month um i'll do two in advance so i've already got two so march and april's and then um next month i'll do me in june's and i'll whittle them down that way yeah. And the way I'm looking at it is because obviously the, the kind of films that I've seen over the years, I might have seen films that you'll have not seen, or I might have seen films that you have, you've heard of, but you've never seen, or you've never heard of and never seen. So I'm going to try my best to sort of like mix it up a little bit, like with films you'll have definitely heard of and you'll have definitely seen, films you'll have probably heard of and never seen, or films you've never heard of and definitely never seen. Well, I'd guess Rob and I were chatting, and I'd I was pretty sure I would have seen all of Rob's ten because he's yeah. he's very mainstream, which is not a bad thing. That's just uh, the film taste that he has, and I actually guessed that out of this ten that you're about to read me out, which I have no clue what they are. I was guessing I've probably seen maybe three or four, so we'll see how I do. I'm going to be writing them down as you go out them, as you go over yeah. them, and uh, and we'll see how many I've seen by the end of it. You'll be surprised. Actually, the one that I've got written down for next month, um, again, you'll be surprised with that list of how many you might have seen or not seen. You'll be surprised. So this is going to be, majority of this will be you talking. So obviously I'd like to know what film it is, uh, a little quick pitch on it, and also why it's on your list, if you have a little story about that. So um, we'll start off then where uh, we mean to go on. So... What I thought I would do with the first film is I thought I would get it out of the way with now because of the situation that's happening at the moment between Russia and the Ukraine and um, so the the war because the film that I'm going to mention first is a Russian film. Mm-hmm. Now, the way I was looking at it is because entertainment comes out of Russia, that doesn't mean that because what is happening, you need to just disregard it because no. there are bands from Russia. For example, I'm a metalhead and I love a band called Slaughter to Prevail. They're a Russian band who have definitely not backed what's actually happening in Russia at the moment and siding with Ukraine. Um, there are films that have been the same. They've been made in Russia. Um, for example, uh, Konokwatsi, 
which is a brilliant documentary from Russia. It's not in my list, but it's a brilliant documentary from Russia. Nochi um, Noidosa, or Night Watch, as everybody knows it as, yeah. Timur Bekmambatov's first film. Um, that's a Russian film, but it's still a good film. It is. So yeah. it, because of what's happening, I thought I would get this one out of the way with. It's definitely not a film you have not seen. It's a film called How I Ended This Summer. This Directed by a Russian director, Alexei Pobogrebsky, and it's Uzi's directorial debut. And it's a subtle film. It's a film just about two two men in an outpost who've been told to look at, uh, after this outpost for three months during a huge, massive blizzard storm. Throughout the film, we slowly uncover their relationship with each other, just to, as friends, um, and then a dark secret is revealed. That's pretty much the film itself. It's a very slow burner film, but it's the kind of film that heavily relies on the conversations between two characters, and that's pretty much it. But it's very captivating. But I had to thought, you know what, I'm going to have to mention it now to get it out the way with, because it was never going to make my top 10, but I just had to mention it because I really liked the film. It was one of the first films I ever reviewed on the Monday Movie Show, and it still stuck with me. So... Okay. That is my first one. It's a film you'll have never seen. No, I'm you're right. I have never seen it. I have never heard of it, but I've written it down and I'm, uh, I'll be looking into all of these. It's a slow burner. It's a contemplative movie. It's on for just over two hours. It takes a while to actually get to the point where it needs to go to, but there is a reason. Um, it's on Amazon Prime, if I remember correctly. Um, if not, you can definitely rent it from Amazon and it's only one ninety nine. But I highly recommend it. So, yep, from 2011, How I Ended This Summer is my first film. So, moving on to the next one, and one that you'll have definitely heard of, um, The Neverending Story. But that's impossible! Enter a world where a young boy's imagination becomes a vivid reality. The world of Atreyu and Artax, the Rockbiter, and a good and kind gnome. A world that is vast and eternal, treacherous and dazzling, unforgettable and free. For anyone who's ever made a wish believed in a fantasy or had a dream this is the never-ending story i adore this yep. film yeah yeah so that's an indication that it's going to crop up on your list somewhere yep. um, somewhere down the line but the never-ending story because i'm a child of the 80s so like with rob a lot of these films will be 80s related films um, the Neverending Story, I can watch it today and just find it brilliant. Um, came out in 1984. Wolfgang Peterson was the director of it. And it is just that child adventure. It has 
everything in it. Um, obviously, the puppets were Jim Henson puppets. Um, and it's just, you watch it today and you just look at it and go, that was from the 80s? It's unbelievable, the scale and the scope and the journey you go through through the entirety. I didn't think it was a series that needed two and three because the quality did go downhill from from the first one. The second one's good. The third one's not so much. Um, but the first one is such a brilliant film. Show your kids it now and they'll just be captivated by it. So Never Ending Story is my second one. That's a good choice. I'm Twitter friends with Tammy Stronach, who played the child empress. So it's like, I remember when she first followed me back, I'm like, oh my God, I was geeking out because of the, you know, the never ending story. It's, it's probably in my top 20. I would say if I had to do an all time top 20, I think never ending story would probably be in there for me. I love yeah, it. I just, it. It's one of those comfort films, isn't it? That yeah. if you had a really bad day, um, again, throughout the rest of this year, we'll get to these comfort films. Um, as a matter of fact, there's another comfort film on my list uh, today. But through it, um, it is that comfort hug kind of film. It's horrible outside. You've had a really bad day. You just need something to just enjoy it and just feel the nostalgia again. Never Ending Story is perfect for that. And if that scene with our text doesn't break you every single time you see it, I don't know. I, I still, to this day, struggle watching that scene. It's uh, so well done, but it just breaks my heart. Even the same with the two huge, massive statues. You yeah. you realise that Lord of the Rings, right at the end of Lord of the Rings, with the two huge, massive statues, just copied from from um, Neverending Story. I know yeah. they were probably written in the books, but there's probably scale and scope. I wonder if Peter Jackson watched the Neverending Story as a child and just thought, you know what, that's a good idea. Let's put that in it. Yeah. Um, so yeah the influence that never ending stories had over films, adventure films from, from when it was released in 84 to the present year is definitely seen in a lot of films and it doesn't get, en- get enough credit. No, it really doesn't. So moving on to the next one, a film that you couldn't get any closer to. There's just nowhere near. So you've got never ending story on one side and then you've got a gruesome, nasty horror film with wreck. which is um, the remake, reboot, whatever. Uh, the Spanish film, Wreck, uh, Paco Plaza and Juan Balaguero's um, directorial debuts came out in 2007. If you want a tense horror film, my God, is that film tense. Um, you can watch it now and you will still be sore on, your, on the edge because it, it is a found footage film. Um, and yes, the trailer... And the box art spoils the film. <laughs> but if you ignore that and just if you want an uberly tense, very graphically nasty film, watch Rick. It will just honestly grip you. It is so like scary. Literally is scary because the camera in this instance here and with Rec 2 as well, not with the Rec 3 and Rec 4, uh, but with Rec 2, um, the camera is you. You actually literally feel like the camera. That's the thing that a lot of these found footage films do get wrong. 
the fact that they never make you feel like you are part of the situation. Whereas with this, you definitely do feel like you're beside the firemen, you're beside the people who've um, caught in the flat, you're beside the the journalist um, and trying to discover what exactly is going on. You feel like the zombie is right in front of you when it does attack somebody. You are that person. So the, the tension is built up because you feel like you're about to be bitten or something silly like that. It's a genius film, Wreck. It is, yeah. I've never bothered watching Quarantine because it's like, why would I? I'll just put Wreck in and watch that instead. Yeah, watch Quarantine because as it makes go, it's actually not bad. What they did differently um, with the sequel um, is that it's a different story. As a matter of fact, the sequel is actually set during the incidents of the first two films. Um, So the Spanish first two films, because obviously there's no technical second one to the reboot, um, and it's set directly between there. But it takes a completely different viewpoint because it's set in um, an airport rather than in an apartment block. So it decides to do that. So it's different the second one, but the first one's actually pretty decent, the remake. So next, and it is a film that you're going, you'll probably go, that's in your 100. <laughs> but again, because it is the, um, the films that are our favourite films, it's Ace Ventura. There's no place he won't go. Captain's Law, starting 23.9. Ace, get out of the tank. I just can't do it, Captain. I didn't have the power. Nothing he won't do. And no one he can't handle. Hey! I could do anything to embarrass me in front of camp. What? Like this? Hi, Captain Stubing. I'm a big fan of Jim Carrey's early work. Jim Carrey's early stuff. Not he's not so much his latter stuff. Um, the Truman Show is a brilliant, brilliant film. Agreed, Might yeah. potentially crop up later on. But um, Ace Ventura, it will always make me laugh, even though I've got a tinny when it comes to comedy. Um, Ace Ventura is just genius. You don't need to explain the film itself. Everybody knows Ace Ventura these now. It's just madcap insanity. But it will always make you giggle. The thing what I found interesting, though, is Ace Ventura's got a Metacritic score of 37. Really? The critics hated the film they absolutely yeah they they destroyed the film when it was released in 1994 see i so, i i sat in a packed cinema in 1994 watching that because a friend of mine took me because he'd seen the trailer he's yeah. like let's watch it i was the only one in the cinema not laughing their head off i just didn't get it maybe i don't know maybe the critics are just either stupid or didn't quite get what the hell they were watching but i i couldn't gel with it It took me a long time to get used to jim carrey but everybody else in that auditorium was just rolling around so critics clearly didn't know anything at that time yeah i was rolling around Uh, same with the sequel with nature calls but it's yeah it's nowhere near as good as um is ventura pet detective but just imagine, in two years' time, that film is 30 years old. That's insane, isn't it? Boy, do we feel old. <laughs> you ape. Yeah. So I just thought, yeah, I would throw that in there because you probably were thinking, really? Yes, Ventura in your list? Yep, it's Ventura. <laughs> you do have a sense of humour, so that's a good thing. It's nice to see it in these lists as well. Somewhere I have a sense of humour. It comes out now and again. Yep, It's a very dry <laughs> sense of humour, but I like it. 
it heavily relies on 90 slapstick comedy. <laughs> it does. Um, uh, Robin Hood, Men in Tights, or th- things like that. Even go back to carry on films. Yeah. That's that's where my uh, sense of humour does actually lie, even though <laughs> there isn't a single carry on film in my list. No, mine um, neither. It's still, it, they're guilty pleasures. That's, that's the best thing to look at carry on films. They're guilty pleasures. Um, so I have um, six films to go. So next one up is another one of those comfort films. I could have gone with either, either, but I think the sequel in this case here is actually better than the original, Paddington 2. Afternoon, chaps. I want to hear all about the investigation. Paddington is innocent. I'm going to prove it. He's a master of disguise. Off. This is breaking and entering. We haven't broken anything. looks for the good in all of us and somehow he finds it. If we're kind and polite, the world will be right. Ow. Yeah, I remember from the Monday movie show, every time Paddington 2 got a mention, was it you described it as a warm hug or something along? Yep. And it was recently um, the only film to have 100 on uh, Metacritic. And then it was discovered that there was a review um, that gave it, I think it was like a nine or an eight. And it actually reduced the Metacritic overall score down to 97, I think it was. So, yeah, it was um, for a a while, film of all time, Paddington 2, above The Godfather, Above The Exorcist, above Citizen Kane, things like that. Paddington 2 was the highest written film. And it is that warm hug film. Who are, who, are, Christmas film. <laughs> who on earth watches Paddington 2 going, yeah, I didn't like it. Didn't that horrible film. It's like you've got to be a real cold-hearted, dead person inside to not not like. I mean, don't necessarily love it, but there's nothing to dislike about it at all, is there? Exactly. It's <laughs> just charming. It's charming from minute one to minute end. Yep. Um, there are obviously there is going to be a third one. Paul King is not going to be directing it. It's going to be somebody else who's going to be directing the film. Um, Studio Canal, uh, Canal Plus, um, brilliant, brilliant distributor, brilliant company. Which, the, by the way, they have just gone and launched their own streaming service. Oh, well, they um, might as well. Everybody else has got one. <laughs> yeah, um, at the moment you can only find it on Apple TV, right. so um, it's only at the moment on there. Uh, but they've gone and launched their own. I think the subscription is like four ninety nine a month, so it's not like one of the heavily priced ones. Okay. Uh, but they've got stuff like Paddington on there and Carry On Films on there and Studio Ghibli because Studio Canal distributed Studio Ghibli films here in the UK. Um, and I love that studio because they have such a breadth of brilliant films and they did their own streaming service because they're celebrating their anniversary. I think it's 30 years they've been going on as a studio and uh, company so but paddington 2 is just a an absolute cuddly film <laughs> it's a cuddly warm hug of a happy happy film no matter what time of the year you watch it um christmas um, easter if you're again feeling down if you're feeling blue you just need something to cheer you up lo and behold paddington 2 will definitely put that big smile on your face it will so 
Paddington 2. And then again, the next film is moving on to a film that is sort of different on, on the different end of the spectrum for size and scale rather than like Paddington 2 cuddliness, Pacific Rim. <laughs> Pilots engaged in your bridge. Ready to activate the Jaeger in three, two, one. Today, at the edge of our hope. Time. You've chosen to believe in each other. Today we face the monsters that are at our door. Today we are canceling the apocalypse. And it's not the first time Guillermo del Toro will actually crop up on my list. I would be but, shocked if this was the only appearance by Guillermo. Yep. Yeah, Pacific Rim. I love that film. I honestly, it, it, it again, it's that kind of film that makes you feel like a child, despite the fact the film came out in 2013. Um, I eeks. Next year, it's 10 years old. Um, it's still, it's a genius film because del Toro knows how to do that kind of film he knows how to bring his mentality into something on a huge massive grand scale like i love hellboy hellboy's not in my list but i love um i love hellboy and but pacific rim 2 just made me feel like being a kid again because i used to watch godzilla films as a kid um and i used to be into that kaiju kind of thing um and seeing it on that scale with huge massive robots a la so like Power Rangers going up against Godzilla, even though I hated the Power Rangers. Um, it just it just brings a big massive beam and smile on your face. The sequel's bad. Uh, but the first one is definitely that entertaining popcorn, get a lot of people around and just stick it on and just have a stupid silly time. And an amazing soundtrack that needs to be played loud as well. I often yep. listen to the Pacific Rim score. It's a yeah, it's a brilliant. I think when um back when we reviewed the film on the Monday Movie Show back in 2013. Um, the score was actually in the best score list of the year that yeah. year because he did the best scores. And so it was definitely in the list because that score is so big and grandiose. But the film still holds up to date, whereas surprisingly, the sequel doesn't. No. Um, it looks dated, the sequel, whereas the first one, it's still got that epic, huge, massive scale to it. So Pacific Rim is my is my next film so then, what is your seventh we're on to your seventh choice pitch black all you people are so scared of me but it ain't me you gotta worry about now whatever it is it got zeke and it nearly got me they seem to stick to darkness so if we stick to daylight we should be all right
we're gonna lose everybody out here. film so yeah. where we saw vin diesel for the first time he might have obviously been in smaller films that will probably end up discovering it and run down the line but pitch black um it's not sort of like if i was putting it in areas in my top 100 it's very near to the bottom end um in the latter i would see it 10 15 films uh but i watched i went to the cinema to see pitch black uh, back in 2000 because that's when it came out um and I came out of the cinema and just went, you know what? On a, considering the budget, that was actually pretty big in scope and scale. And when I, I saw that, it was a directorial debut by David Chewy. Um, and just the, the kind of film that was, because well into me sci-fi, aliens and all that kind of thing, it was that was actually a surprisingly good film. And then I got it on um, DVD. I watched it a couple of times, and every single time I watched it, I still felt exactly the same as when I came out of the cinema. And if a film manages to do that, um, then it definitely has done something right because it means it stuck with you. And Pitch Black did that. There were there were some really good tense moments in the film itself. Vin Diesel um, was really, really good in the movie, considering you'd never seen him before, um, playing as Riddick. And it actually gave us that iconic character, despite... From there on in, each one of the Riddick outings is being bad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Pitch Black is definitely definitely worth a watch. It is. I recently upgraded my uh, DVD of Pitch Black to the Arrow one, which has got a ton of special features on it. So it's like a whole film school of Pitch Black. So that's worth that's worth picking up. Yeah, I think I bought that because um, I I got the standard DVD um, not with my DVD player. Because when I first bought my DVD player, um, the films that I got with it were Gossip, uh, was Friends Series 4, Disc 1. Because <laughs> uh, it came way, I know it was that specific, because they didn't release it as a box set the first time. They released it um, Disc 1, and then Disc 2, 3, and 4. And it had four, um, three episodes on one side and three episodes on the other side. And um, the other film was A Perfect Storm. Yeah. And I remember I bought that in Curry's, and it was £124.99. Sad I actually remember the, the <laughs> price as well. And then discovering a little bit later on down the line that it was actually a multi-regional DVD player. Didn't know that. And so I was able to get DVDs from America as well, and it just played any disc type. And then um, about when Pitch Black came out on DVD, I bought it straight away, and then I bought the special edition of it just to watch the extras, because that's when I want, used to watch all the extras. And so I bought the special edition, and then I think they released another edition, and I bought that. So I bought the film three times in different guises. I think with Pitch Black, I think around the time it was hitting the cinemas over here, I think the Region 1 disc came out, because that's when I saw it. I saw, I saw yes. it on an imported disc. And, uh, and since then, I've probably bought the film three or four times over the years. Not so much the sequels, but definitely the original one. Yeah, the, the DVD player was the Wharfdale DVD player as well. Nice. Um, that, that, was, that was my first ever DVD player that was multi-regional. And um, I got the, the DVD of Pitch Black and then discovered that I could play multi-regional DVDs on it. And so the joyfulness of my fears was, I'm going to be able to get a ton of films now. So I used to buy these magazines and you used to see them advertised in the back. Um, the uh, American one, it was like $17.99. I'm thinking, that's around about the same price as um, here in the UK. 
So why not? And I'm getting these films like six months to a year before we do. With extras. Um, why not? Yep. Yeah, with better extras. Definitely. Um, so click Pitch Black. Now, the next one, you'll be surprised I'm actually mentioning it now because you probably would have thought that it would have been um, higher on my list because I not long added it because I did. I know I told you that um, I had my list locked down, but I did make a couple of minor adjustments and took out a couple of films and replaced it with a couple of ones. And surprisingly, this only just made the list. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Raiders of the Lost Ark. There you go. We have no time. If you still want the Ark, it has been loaded onto a truck for Cairo. Raiders of the Lost Ark. A film from Steven Spielberg and George Lucas. See, I had a bit of a battle whether that was going to be on my list or not. So, you know, most people would probably think it's a given that it's going to be on everybody's list. But I'm like, "Eh, does it, does it not? But I think it sort of crept into mine as well relatively late on. The only reason, because I was originally going to, I'm I'm one of the very few who thinks Temple of Doom is the best one. Yeah, that's on on my list. That that went straight onto my list of Temple of Doom. And then afterwards it was like, do I put Raiders on there? But no, Temple of Doom I do prefer. Yeah, Temple of Doom is my favourite. Um, but Raiders of the Lost Ark, I think the only reason why it's squeaked just um, ahead of Temple of Doom is because it's slightly more iconic um, of a film. It, it is the one that brought us Indiana Jones. So it, it is more iconic, I think, Raiders of the Lost Ark. But I, I love Temple of Doom. Temple of Doom is monkey brains and um, ripping out hearts and... Um, rides in canyons and in carts and stuff like that. It's more peril. Um, but Raiders of the Lost Ark, I think it's a little bit more iconic. So it made my list because of that. And then into my last two, and again, you'll be surprised I'm mentioning this one now. Um, you probably would have thought I would have waited a little bit later, but that's, again, what I want to try and do. Try to bring films that you think might actually be more in my top end and that's not to say it's not in my top end. It's just it's not in my top ten. But it's seven. They're caught in a game. No fingerprints and no witnesses of any kind. Nope. About the only thing we know about that guy right now is he's totally insane. Where the price of sin is death. There are seven deadly sins. Gluttony. You're going to come take a look at this. Greed. No one touches anything. Sloth. Wrath. Pride. Lust and envy. Seven. David Finch's Seven. Also in um, my list at some point. So it's a genius film. It's a genius, genius film, despite a specific actor being in the film. But obviously, we didn't know what that actor was going to be like. Yeah. Uh, but it is a genius film of tension. Um, it is a genius film of you second guessing. 
Um, Because everybody knows the iconic ending of the film itself. But obviously, we're not going to mention spoilers at all throughout the entirety of these because people still might not have seen it. Yep. Um, and but seven is a just it is a total force of tension of brilliant acting. Um, so it, it's just yeah, it has a lot to love about it. Brad Pitt is fantastic in it. Morgan Freeman is brilliant in it. The certain actor is actually really good in it because he was a brilliant actor. And he ended up having to do he something was. stupid. Yep. Um, but it, again, you couldn't guess what was going to happen. That that scene with um, gluttony. Gluttony, I think, out of all the seven deadly sins, when they go to explore each one of the sins, gluttony is is my favourite one out of them all because it's such a smack across the face. That one, you, you just really don't expect what happens in that scene at all. And it's just an absolute gut punch of a scene along with the ending. Um, but yeah, seven definitely deserves to be in people's lists. Um, if you haven't seen, watch it. We uh, we watched that on the projector probably about six months back. Oh my god, that film still holds up, hundred percent. Oh yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, and then the final film is a film you'll have not seen. Um, it's the Red Turtle. It's a it's an animated film directed by a French director with directorial debut, Michael Dudokovic. Um It is co-produced by Studio Ghibli. Again, you'll hear Studio Ghibli throughout the rest of the year, multiple times. Um, and it is a silent film. And it is just about the plight of one man um, and the said Red Turtle and him discovering, because he's abandoned, he's shipwrecked on an island, and trying to find a way off this island. That's it. That's the story. But it is beautifully, beautifully animated. It is, it's a three-pronged animation because it is co-animated by Studio Ghibli. It's French-funded, Studio, uh, Studio Canal, uh, uh, funded the film itself. But Michael Dudokovic is a British director. Um, and so it's British helmed. So it's three-pronged in the area itself. And it sort of like brings the mentality of each one of the cultures of Britain, of France and of Japan in a very subtle film. It's a, Like I said, it's a silent film. It has a score to it, but it's a silent in the guise where there is no speech. There's noises from the, the, the main character, the main lead in the film, but it is just silent, no dialogue. And it's a 90-minute film, hand-drawn as well but absolutely sumptuous and beautiful to look at. Definitely still holds up to date, and it definitely deserves a, a spot on my list. Again, 
we'll get onto more animation throughout the rest of the year because there is a lot of animation to go through because um, it is my second favorite genre alongside horror. Uh, but Red Turtle is a contemplative, very meditative movie to watch. Definitely deserves to be seen. Well, looking over your top 10, there was actually two films I haven't seen. And that was uh, How I Ended the Summer and The Red Turtle. So you sort of bookmarked your list with uh, movies that I wasn't aware of. So I actually did better than I thought on that list. I'd seen eight of them. That's pretty good. As I said, you'll be surprised over the coming year with some of these films. You'll be surprised on how many you'll have seen. Um, And next month, um, you'll be surprised again. There are some obvious films in that list, and you'll think, again, he's seeing them now. I would have thought he would have left those more closer to the end. But that's pretty much what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be sub- uh, subverting you a little bit, thinking that these films are um, potentially maybe in order. They're not, apart from the last 10. Yeah. But it's just you think, oh, I'm going to leave the best for last. I'm not going to do that neither. I also All think right. the, the danger of some of these lists is there's at least two or three films on your list where I'm like, oh, I've not seen that for a while. I need to rewatch it. So I suspect yeah. that a lot of the films I'll be rewatching over the coming months will be films that either you mention or, or Rob mentions. So. Yeah, but yeah, this is an, uh, was an interesting mixture of um, 80s films, and then um, hopefully my list is a, an interesting mixture of um, different films going from the early 80s all the way up to, uh, well, the most recent one on that list was Paddington 2 in 2017. I think that's newer than mine. I think my newest film's around 2015, if I remember rightly enough. I don't have my list to hand, but you know, I think the oldest one I've got is probably around 1955-ish. But again, I, I, go need to check. Nah. I thought you might. I go, <laughs> um, I go all the way back to the 1920s um, because what, the way I did it, just to give you a quick little insight, is every film that I wrote down, I actually wrote the year it was released beside yeah. it. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Um, so it just makes it easier for me. But there is a lot of a nice mixture of, of years in there. The most recent is 2017. That's the most recent. Actually, no, sorry, 2018. I've just spotted a 2018 film, so 2018 is the most recent for me. So you enjoy the rest of your evening, Stu. Thank you for that list. I've written yep. them all down as well, so that way I'll, I'll rip the audio trailers and uh, and do some editing and stuff with the awesome. podcast. So enjoy the rest of your evening. You too. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.